listening to The Cooler Ring, a podcast made for manufacturing marketers. Here are Carmen Perry and Jeff White. Welcome to The Cooler Ring, a podcast for manufacturing marketers brought to you by Cooler Partners, an agency made for manufacturers. Joining me today is Carmen Perry, and I'm Jeff White, your co-host. Really? I mean, you completely changed the order of that. I, I did me. change um, the order. I'm welcoming you first. Yeah, and, 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 and then I, I'm taking a drink of water at that time, and um, I don't know if I don't know if people know, but like it's a hazard being a podcast host. Like you just don't a hazard. Know, yes, you don't know when this you're going to be called upon to <laughs> take action. You could be midway through a drink of water. You never know. It's dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's good to be chatting, <laughs> and uh, and uh, I'm excited for today's show. I think one of the things I've noticed. Um, uh, look, I, I, maybe it's a background in politics, which always put me kind of close to journalism anyway, um, or, or even uh, a former life being more PR-centric in my work. But um, it's been interesting to watch um, the face of journalism change in the last uh, decade or so. Quite. And the talent that um, would typically have kind of gone into that field, finding other ways to use that craft. And um, we've experienced that here at Cooler Partners. We have a, a fantastic digital marketer that works for us that, that comes from a journalism background. Yes. Um, um, so it's uh, I'm excited to be chatting with today's guest, who kind of chimed in briefly as we were kind of <laughs> messing uh, up that messing intro. up that intro. Yeah, but uh, yeah. perhaps you could introduce her more officially. Absolutely. Uh, the joining us today is Tracy Reddig. Tracy is a marketing specialist at Kistler Instrument. Welcome to the Cooler Ring, Tracy. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, Tracy, it's not normally that uh, sideways at the beginning. Oh, know, no, so. I'd argue it is. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, thank you for rolling with the punches a bit. Why don't you, let's, uh, let's start by understanding a bit more of your background and tell us uh, a bit about uh, the company as well. Sure. Um, so I have uh, more than 15 years in Marcom, mostly business-to-business manufacturing. And uh, I got my start at uh, Michigan State University with a journalism degree. I'm currently in a master's program there um, in strategic communication. Uh, My job right now is marketing specialist for a company called Kistler. And we are, they are located in Switzerland. And they're a global leader in dynamic measurement technology for measuring pressure, force, torque, and acceleration. So I'm excited to be here today. Nice. Well, look, uh, we're excited to have you. And I, I want to kind of understand a little bit I think, uh, about how that uh, journalism background has kind of shaped um, your work with Kistler and just how you think about the, the role of marketing um, uh, you know, in a variety of aspects. So why don't we just uh, kind of start distilling it a bit. Um, as you think of this notion of being a bit of a journalist marketer, how is it, you know, what have been the big changes that you see or, or, or the kind of differences you, you feel in terms of how you approach uh, your work versus maybe how you see others doing it? Well, I think sometimes as communicators, we tend to get caught up in the marketing automation, the Marcom tech stacks, and sort of the making of messages that uh, we forget listening is important. I, I think that, you know, email is a great tool, but I found that find that picking up the phone and having a conversation with people is, is sort of a lost art. Um, sometimes it's a bit easy to hide behind the written word and email and texting as we have now. That's so uh, 
proliferant with society. Um, so my journalism background plays an important role because I'm comfortable picking up the phone and establishing a connection with another person. And I think my interviewing skills help me a lot in, in crafting messages and sort of getting people to talk about their expertise a little easier than, than say, be the traditional marketing person. I can see those interviewing skills coming in handy both on the customer side, but also probably in work with colleagues as you're trying to kind of extract information to use um, in marketing. Would that be accurate? Yeah, I think that, you know, just like any project you worked on, um, preparation is 90% of it. And, you know, the more you put in, the more you get out. So I always have a list of great questions on hand. Uh, One of my favorites to ask to help break the ice is, you know, tell me, tell me how you got into your line of work. Since everyone loves to talk about themselves, right? It's a great jumping off point to segue into guiding that person down the path to talk about a product or services. And sometimes I find um, with a lot of the technical folks, they've spent their whole career, you know, on maybe one part or one invention. So it's their baby. Um, So if you take the time to ask them, you know, how does this solve a problem? You know, they'll tell you. Uh, And I'm curious, do you find, I think a lot of marketers find that they, um, you know, can get kind of heavy sledding as it were, as the talk gets technical in those, those conversations. Um, But journalists, on the other hand, I think are a bit more used to trying to distill something that is uh, fairly complicated into something that others can understand more, more readily. Um, any kind of tips to the trade there that you might be able to assist with? Um, well, recently, you know, I, I attended uh, an IABC communications conference. And when we were uh, all sitting around a table, um, we were asked, what's the number one skill communicators need today? And do you know what everybody said at the table? Listening. So this is where you learn what you really want to know. So asking uh, the person on the other end of the phone or when you're sitting with them, you know, what's your pain point if you're in sales type situation or or how is business? I think focusing on one thing that that person says is concerned with, then you get the information and you involve them and you can provide the most effective follow-up, I think. So listening, I would say. It's funny. I I mean, I think um, most people probably... I mean, it's uh, it's like kind of suggesting one ought to be customer centric. It's kind of hard for people to disagree with, right? Like you ought to listen more, I guess. Sure. Uh, I mean, most people would tend to agree with that. Uh, I, I guess, how do you hold yourself accountable to that? How do you hold your own feet to the fire to know that you're, um, uh, I guess, taking your own advice to heart? Well, I think that, um, you know, I work in B2B marketing and it's kind of a different animal than consumer marketing. Uh, It's more challenging because you need to communicate the value of that product or service that requires persuasion. So I use a lot more cognitive uh, messages than say those that play to emotions. So I think you have to do your research as well um, before you're talking with, you know, someone on the technical side of the house you know, it's good to do the research. And as journalists, um, you know, we've been taught to do that. So you're looking up, you know, nuances of the product, that kind of thing. Um, I consider myself a strategic communicator. So part facilitator, part advisor, part influencer. 
um, in my experience, that means, you know, using critical thinking on the fly. Um, and that comes along the lines of what questions to ask quickly. And if you ask really great questions, you're going to get into the context of the message and it'll be correct. Well, I think, you know, Carmen, I, I feel like we're being judged from the other side of the microphone today as well. <laughs> oh, for our questions that we're at. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I, we're... It's a complete disaster. Really. Yeah. No, <laughs> a couple of marketers and designers trying to uh, to have a podcast. I, that, that's an interesting thing. Have you um, considered a, a podcast for Kistler as, a, as an interviewer and, and someone with that as a professional background? You know, we, we haven't explored that yet. But um, again, I attended that conference and it was one of the uh, workshops that I attended. So it, it might be something down the road. I think... Um... <sighs> Yeah, I, I find I, I'm kind of curious about um, finding ways for uh, companies such as yours to um, uh, extend that listening skill uh, and combine it with uh, content uh, co-creation with customers, but actually extend it to the uh, sales organization. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, over time... Um, it's not just the marketers that maybe need to be uh, more journalistic in their approach, but also the sales folks. And I think that that um, uh, capability uh, to kind of to be able to co-create um, content with customers um, from the sales organization very early on in a buying process or before an even buying process exists is um, is kind of an interesting use of that kind of journalistic skill set that you have. I guess, how tightly do you work with the sales organization at Kistler? And have you found any kind of parallels between how they approach accounts and how you approach marketing through this lens? Um, a lot of our sales folks um, have an engineering background. And uh, so in my experience, sometimes folks that are technical in nature, maybe product managers or work in R&D, are somewhat introverted. So taking the initial step to reach out to establish that relationship is, is important. Um, their feedback helps improve the way that marketers, myself, you know, tell that story and craft that message and write the content and so on. Um, I think the effort is always positive and can lead to further involvement of said person. Um, I always make it a point to follow up and uh, provide the person with the feedback that I obtained, you know, once I, you know, work with them on the project. So if you show folks, um, here's how your participation helped us market this product, or, you know, this was this LinkedIn post, and here's the results and the likes and the comments. I think it gets them excited and, and they'll open up a little bit more. I think that's good advice. I wonder how many marketers actually do that close the loop with the people that have assisted in creating those pieces and kind of give and help help them form them to actually let them see how see that see the results. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's a that's an easy uh, thing to do. That I bet, I bet it's a step that a lot of people miss. I'd be curious when you when it comes to kind of doing that uh, kind of work of translation, if you will, of more technical concepts and content uh, into marketing messages. Do you, I, I don't. I don't even know really where I'm going with this question, but I feel like in some ways there's like the, what's being presented 
um, in your marketing at Kistler is probably necessarily not quite as technical as it would be being presented by the engineers or what have you. Like there's some uh, dumbing down would be the wrong word, but the distillation of it, I guess, to make it more consumable. Um, to, to what extent might the journalist background help in that as well? Or do you, do you think about that as you are um, uh, doing this work? Oh, absolutely. Um, one of the things I learned many, many years ago is all writing is rewriting. And I think if you can say it in fewer words, that's best. So a lot of times people will add jargon because they think maybe it makes them sound more intelligent but that's not necessarily the case if you can if you can take three words and make it into one and still have that same convey that same meaning you know i think that's important um everybody's busy nowadays there's a lot to take in there's information coming at us from all angles so if you know people are busy they don't have a lot of time to sit and you know plow through this stuff so one of the things i think that you know marketing can do is to help distill that down into consistent and clear uh, messages. I think the thing that I find marketers kind of, um, I guess they're, they f- sometimes I hear them say that they feel like um, it, kind of doing that, it, I don't know whether it does a disservice to technical buyers, but in some ways, it's like you just said, they don't seem like they're sounding as intelligent as the buyer necessarily, that they seem like they need to um, one-up them. Well, or at least be on the same level as a very highly technical buyer. Um, but I'm not always sure that that's the case. I'm not even sure that those highly technical buyers always want to be consuming something that's that. Or that they're even necessarily as technical as maybe you perceive. Hmm. You know, we, we often find, you know, that the things that we produce that are at a, a level maybe that is uh, not quite as, as highly uh, robust or technical hits the mark better than something that seems to go very deep or is a bit more... Cerebral is the wrong word, but you know what I mean. Tracy, what's your, what's been your experience there? Have you kind of have you ex- kind of experimented with kind of uh, varying levels of complexity in your content creation and kind of found a sweet spot for technical buyers? Well, I think with with today's B two B buying, you've got several audiences. You know, it's not just hey, we're going to talk to the engineer first. Sometimes you're talking to a purchasing person, so depending on where you are in that sales cycle, um, you're going to have a different message. So let's just take walking a trade show, for example. Um, what you're going to want to see messaging on each of those booths is something quick that's going to grab and solve your problem. So that's a good case for, you know, we need five or six words, maybe three, that will communicate our products and services quickly. There's always a chance for them, uh, the customer to come on into the booth and you're talking with them. And once you get to a point where they need more detail, you know, there's data sheets, there's brochures, you can go down to the very technical level if you need to. So I think it just depends on your audience and where they're at in the buying cycle. Drive more ROI from your online presence without going through a website redesign. Enter 2020 with a clear view of your website's weak points and the priority opportunities to improve your marketing performance. Website 2020 from Kula Partners is the high-impact website diagnostic package for manufacturers that will help you drive immediate ROI from the website you already have. 
To learn more, visit bit.ly forward slash WS-2020. That's bit.ly forward slash WS-2020. Yeah, I think that's fair. And um, I, I don't d- disagree with it at all. I've, I kind of, kind of worry, I guess what Jeffy were knocking on the door of a bit too is just I wonder, you know, do they necessarily, even technical buyers deep in a, in a sales cycle, mm, you know, how... How technical do they really? Yeah, I mean, do this upon do the uh, technical specifications serve the job of of giving them the depth of uh, of technical specificity while the communication makes them feel comfortable about the yeah. about the solution as an option for them? I, I think that's interesting. Um, just going back to your your previous point of it, uh, and this is just purely a, a well, sort of a personal point of interest. I shared this with our team recently, but uh, apparently Cormac McCarthy, the author, uh, performs a regular editing of science journal papers at uh, the San Diego um, Institute of, uh, or the San Francisco Institute of uh, Technology or something like I that. I thought it was Santa Fe. Oh, Santa Fe. Sorry. Yeah. I was, That's about the only yeah. thing I remember. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, in, any, in any case, he uh, <laughs> one of the things he says is use minimalism to achieve clarity. And while you're writing, ask yourself, is it possible to preserve my original message without that punctuation mark, that word, that sentence, that paragraph, or that section? Remove extra words or commas whenever you can. And as an over over comma er, um, I, I find that very hard to do. So um, I, I think it's interesting to kind of look at your writing and look at your communication in that way, and just be very uh, brutal about the removal of things that aren't necessary for the message. Do you find that uh, that that's a big part of the work that you're doing, kind of stripping it down to the essence of it and ensuring that uh, that the message still comes through, but that it does so in as few uh, words as possible? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would even toss out the word be brief. Work on being brief. You're trying to get rid of my M dashes? Uh, no, no, no. It's no. an intervention. <laughs> like we're 17 minutes into this and it's like, this is what it's really all about. Yeah. It's like, yeah. we're just going to work. No, man, I'm an M dash advocate for ah, sure. I'm yeah. terrible. <laughs> I, said, I don't know. I, I seem to remember um, something like a 190 word sentence or something I did once. <laughs> That may be too much. You in, may need an in university. It, it, it was a bit of a thing. Yeah, yeah. A run-on sentences. Yeah, it's a bit of a yeah, for sure. Uh, Tracy, going back to the the master's program that you're working on now, are are there any um, really interesting things that are coming up as a result of that that you're able to apply through your through your work? And and I find it uh, also just on on another note, uh, you know, really interesting that you're pursuing that at the same time as uh, as performing as a marketing specialist at Kisley. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I decided to go back to school um, just because I wanted to stay relevant in the industry. I think it's really important to always always be learning. I guess, and I have a curiosity uh, nature to begin with, so. Um, it seemed like a good time. The one thing I like about the MSU Stratcom program is uh, it kind of touches on all points of communication. So one class uh, that I really enjoyed was um, basic, it was a survey class with a lot of stats thrown in. And uh, we actually researched a company and then produced a survey and then went through and analyzed the data. And that was something I hadn't done before. Um, and it was challenging for me because stats, it wasn't something I had in college, <laughs> but, uh, 
I actually, uh, you know, I doubled down and I'm getting a four point in the class, um, but it's something that it, I think is important for marketers because I think putting out really good surveys can, can really give you the data where you can drill down and solve some problems, you know, within your company or your department, um, you know, even with customer satisfaction. You can use it in all departments. So it's not just, oh, hey, let's survey the employees, but you can, you can use it throughout your company. So I, I, uh, I enjoyed that aspect of it. I think it's uh, fascinating. I, I, I think it's a huge blind spot for a lot of marketers. They mm-hmm. don't, um, uh, it's one thing for market research even to be a blind spot, but then how do you go out and get um, survey data and present it and analyze it, analyze it and then present it in a way that is compelling? I mean, that is more and more required in today's marketing. I mean, yeah, and you're not just trying to report the numbers. You need to be able to look into them and tell and analyze them and tell people what they're saying. Yeah, and see the patterns that are, yeah. lie, lie underneath, underneath of it. And if you don't have a training or background in that, it could be, really just like hearing another language, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, I think that speaks to the, uh, you know, asking really great questions, you know, for that particular class, uh, we spent a majority of the time working on the questions because that's step one. If you, if you're tossing out a bad question, you you know, bad data in, bad data out. So that just, it's all part and parcel with, you know, what I was referring to back in the beginning of our conversation. Um, you know, with really having really good questions, because then that will pull out the the data. Everything we needed to learn in this podcast, we could have learned from Evie Cummings with the uh, <laughs> always the beautiful uh, answer, ask some more beautiful question, which, so. which you wrote on the uh, on the whiteboard and has been there for ten years ever since we yeah it's, the uh, it's permanently <laughs> etched now. Yeah, it's there now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, it was a dry erase at the time, but it's not anymore. <laughs> but I think you're, you're you're right. I think that's. Um, it's interesting tie that binds between the your your work and, and background as a journalist versus the the uh, the work that you're finding compelling today. It's um, it's the exact same kind of underpinnings that yeah. can drive success in it. Yeah. Do you do you find Tracy that uh, that asking good questions enables you to connect on a more uh, on a deeper level with the you know the PhDs and the engineers and the and the others that you work with on a regular basis at Kistler? Like do do they open up to you more because you ask better questions? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, because basically we are in the business of, well, working with people, all kinds of people. Um, and collaboration is key, I think, with other industries, you know, outside of marketing too. But um, I have a little bit of a, uh, an edge maybe in that uh, for a time I did some uh, some sales. So I do have that ability, uh, which is different from most marketing people. I, I, you know, I'm not sure how many of them have a, have a little bit of a sales background, but I think it makes me a better marketer because I'm able to, you know, see the end game a little clearer. So therefore, you know, I'm asking the good questions in the beginning because I, you know, I know what ultimately a company wants to do is sell their products. So I, I have that edge, I think. I went to the dark side. How about that? <laughs> it certainly does seem to be that way. But I, I also think that, you know, marketers who have at least some background in sales, because it's, you know, it's a it's a very different and sometimes difficult thing to do, you know, to understand selling and and to be able to be empathetic to the you know, the, the problems and the challenges of, uh, of a salesperson. And it's not something that you see regularly. Um, 
do you find that the uh, the salespeople that you work with that you're able to kind of get in a a, a better place and a, and, a, and a more influential role with them uh, as a result of that of that empathy I think so I think um, you know we get to a level that's maybe faster than other than other folks so and you know I do mention you know I did sell so that uh, helps a little bit because they know that I know what they're going through, their pain points. So they don't have to explain that part of it to me. I already know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, I think it's critical to have that kind of, I'd almost say a hand-to-hand combat experience of sales, <laughs> right? Like otherwise, <laughs> your, your kind of commentary as a marketer can seem very academic. Oh, I, I was just going to say, I just think it's, you know, it's good to carry a bag that you have that experience um, because it's not easy to sell, you know it's some people I think maybe think it is easy but it's not so like I said I know I know what they've been through and and what it takes maybe to meet with you know five or six different people within a company to make sure that you know your product is is shown in the in the best light so and it takes time the other thing I think uh, kind of almost turning it on its head a bit is that uh, having some sales experience as a marketer also helps you kind of I don't know, not, not let sales pull the wool over your eyes either. I think sometimes <laughs> they, they like act like it's all this uh, mysterious uh, um, kind of magic thing that happens and uh, she'll never talk about it to marketing or let them know the details <laughs> and say, eh, we know how this happens. We've yeah. done this before as well. Yeah. It's kind of a, I think that's, that's helpful. Uh, uh, but uh uh, I don't know how much we need to kind of belabor that point. I think we're all just feeling like we're highly qualified because we're marketers who have sales background. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, I, I do think, though, that, uh, you know, and you've mentioned this before, Carmen, is, you know, that having an understanding of sales, especially when you're a marketer, it enables you to create content that can actually be used on those front lines. Like, you know, uh, it, it's very difficult for a marketer with no sales experience to craft um, an outbound email or a call script or, or something like that um, and really understand how that's going to land if you have no sales experience. And I would go the other step to say it's, I think it's getting more and more critical for sales to have some marketing experience. Yeah, we almost never hear creation. about that, yeah. but it's like, how can we, you know, salespeople get comfortable with those more um, uh, non-buying uh, customer interactions that happen early on in the relationship build? Yeah. yeah. Now, Tracy, we're just talking, and like <laughs> you probably have left us entirely. Yeah. And um, no, 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 I'm uh, taking that all in, listening, right? Yeah. You're supposed to be our guest, yeah, not the no, other not way the around. We're not supposed but to be rambling. You know, she is the journalist, so she's turned it on They're, its head. Exactly. Interviewing us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> let's just, uh, I think let's, we can end it there. I think Tracy's done a great job of uh, leading by example yeah. uh, and showing us how this <laughs> ought to work uh, and pointing out the error in our ways for just rambling on incessantly. Indeed. Tracy, thank you very much for joining us on the podcast today. Do you have any, uh, any final thoughts about? Uh, about how, the work that you're doing and, uh, and Being a where you're going next. marketer, as it were. <laughs> journalist marketer. Uh, I love what I do. Um, and every day, you know, I go into the office and then I'm excited to see how I can change the world today. I think that's a wonderful place to leave it. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Cooler Ring with Carmen Perry and Jeff White. 
Don't miss a single manufacturing marketing insight. Subscribe now at coolapartners.com slash the cooler ring. That's K-U-L-A partners.com slash the cooler ring.